Alright guys, welcome along to an episode of Martin's World. Guys, the interview you're about to hear is with myself and Philip Anthony Bevington, who I had the pleasure of talking with earlier today. Um, he's also known as Tony, and he's an 80-year-old man living in the UK, and he has stage 3 kidney failure. And he's also suffering then with chronic pain as a result of this. Now, Tony believes that by using cannabis that he'll be able to stave off some of the other issues caused by his kidney failure by improving homeostasis in his body, but he also gets tremendous benefit from the pain relief that cannabis provides. You know, this gives him a much better quality of life. In November 2019, he unfortunately had a visit by the UK police who took his plants. He had 24 plants growing in his house at the time, Again, all of this would have been used for medicinal purposes. A lot of it was being turned into oil. Um, I don't know if he was he smoking some of the herb or what the crack was, but uh, yeah, a lot of it would have been turned into oil, if not all of it. Then um, after that happened, uh, Tony decided, you know, he needed his medicine and the government weren't going really helping him to get it. So he put down some more plants and started growing again. And uh, sadly, six weeks later, the cops showed up again and raided his house a second time. And this time he had 26 plants and they talked them. We find out in the interview there that uh, Tony is going to be up in court on the 14th or no, sorry, the 16th of November. And uh, he's now going to be charged for the sale and supply of cannabis. Um, so, you know, without giving away too much of what goes on in the interview, um, Enjoy, guys. Uh, and before you do, don't forget that if you want to uh, help promote the fight for legalization in ca of cannabis in Ireland or for the setting up of a cannabis activist hub, you can uh, go over and subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash martinsworld. Or you can also make a donation in Bitcoin through martinsworld.ie. There's a, a link up there. We'll be able to make a, do a donation through there. All that money will be used uh, to help further the efforts for legalization of cannabis in Ireland and for establishing a cannabis activist hub in Cork. So, guys, enjoy the interview. Thanks. How are you doing today? How do we find you? Uh, well, slightly freaked out because I've just had the evidence from the uh, police. Okay, so they just submitted it. To you. you just got a wind of it. So, uh, what does that look like? Worse than I feared, they're trying to do me for supply because my daughter's boyfriend had some upstairs and yeah. they're saying that I supplied him and he was selling it. And he was selling so they're trying to now bring you down to yeah. But in fact, that's not true. He had a completely different set of stuff. But yeah. uh, it's all intimidation, which is the way they work. Yeah, of course. And again, just trying to smear your name and what it is that you were actually doing, which was you were growing the, the plants uh, because you needed access to the medicine for chronic pain, if, uh, if memory serves correct. Because that's of your correct. Yeah, that's totally correct. And in fact, they've betrayed their ignorance completely because they said no evidence of oil. And yet when he searched my drawer, there was some oil in it and he went right past it. So they obviously don't know what they're looking for even. Yeah, I've, I've heard instances of that too, where a, person, <laughs> I had a, a load of plants taken out of his house and uh, going through his fridge, he was like, yeah, there's all my cannabis oils there. And they picked it up, they looked at it, and they like, yeah, we, we don't want that. And they left it there. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't see, like, they want to see cannabis, they want to see plants. They, they want to, you know, it's yeah. that age old reefer madness kind of, that's what they're thinking. 
I, I mean, I'm complimented in some ways. They describe me as a 60-year-old man with grey hair. Well, I'm 80, and I ain't got grey hair. <laughs> it's more red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard probably to see because anytime they meet you, you're probably red-faced with anger with how they're treating you. <laughs> well, it's better than my daughter's in the room listening to you, and uh, what she called the cop, I had to shut her up because she was really aggressive. Yeah, I could definitely... I've got a 21-year-old daughter and she fires up. Yeah, I could definitely think of a few colourful words as well to, to oh, blame these at her. I'm not going to tell you what she said. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't blame you either. It's probably, yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's like, there is no words you can really describe what's actually going on here with how... The, the way in which it, the system is set up. So even in the UK now, if, if you had a... If, if you were allowed, if you had a pocket full of money, you can actually go down and get a private prescription for medical cannabis and you wouldn't be in this predicament. But, oh, yeah. But because you, you say you find yourself in a situation where you'd rather grow it for yourself to, to treat your pain, you're criminalized for that. So on one, like on one hand, you're a criminal and what you're doing is criminal. But on the other hand, it's, it's fine if you're paying an exorbitant amount of money to some private clinic. Well, that's capitalism for you, isn't it? It just it defies logic. I, I don't know how we, we stand over this. Like I was talking to a person here yesterday who's, uh, who, who knows the Minister for Justice, and uh, he was talking that the Minister for Justice is sympathetic towards uh, the whole cannabis and should, it agrees that it should be legalised. And I'm just like, so why isn't the Minister out there vocal on this? Why isn't, why isn't the Minister like the one uh, spearheading the change? And, uh, oh, no, they, it's, it's because they, they need this white paper, they, this kind of bureaucratic bullshit. Like, well, I, the way I see it is, like, it's people like yourself. There's real people. How can you tell me you need a piece of paper to sort out and <laughs> another human being? Like, surely we, we should be able to do this without some piece of paper. As well, you, I wasn't well, hurting anyone. Exactly. All you did was put some seeds into the ground and you grew a plant and that, that, and that, that gave you a certain quality of life then, uh, uh, you know? Well, it certainly improved it. And since the, that's happened, I've actually deteriorated to fairly serious condition. Yeah, I'd imagine the stress with all this. It's... Oh, the stress is outrageous. <laughs> but if, if we can rewind a little, I suppose, because we, we really got dove straight into it there. Um, going back a bit, uh, when, when did you start growing cannabis uh, for, for your own uh, treating, treatment? For treatment, I started 2018. 2018. I, okay. I've grown cannabis for many years um, yeah. previous to that. Only I worked abroad, so I didn't have anything to do with it. But I actually have a prosecution for 1978. 1978? <laughs> oh, do take me back. Go on, tell me a bit about that. 120 11-foot high plants. Wow. Love and it. I got fined 110 pounds. <laughs> At all. At all, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So, so that I've, I've known about cannabis as a recreational drug for years, but of course, never knew about its medicine ability until recently, the last four or five years, I suppose. Yeah, unfortunately, for a lot of people, they find themselves only learning about it, kind of when it is they need it, or maybe somebody close to them also is needing it. At least that's what I've kind of seen over the last year or two, more and more people learning about it um, because of somebody close to them that needs it. 
um, for whatever health reason that is. A, a lot of the times it's chronic pain, actually, quite interestingly. Yeah. My, my mind was pain, but also I'm looking at homeostasis and balancing my body. Yeah. My, my figuring was that if I can balance my body, it gives my kidneys a better chance to work. When, which is one of the... Uh, Seems logical, doesn't it? It, it does, definitely does, of course. Uh, but it is one of the more proven things there with cannabis as well as how the, it does work with the, the human body in order to, to promote this homeostasis. Again, it works with the immune system to get the immune system doing what it should be doing. Um, people with certain immune disorders where it's attacking their own body. Yeah. It kind of sets that right. So, so why, you would be mistaken to think like, oh, why not? Check it out well, if it can help. You know, I researched and I found some very interesting experiments done in 2020 in Canada. Yeah. And that gave me great hope. Your dog doesn't like being left. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just going to give him a little nudge there. Just, <laughs> give him a stroke. Yeah, just move <laughs> him down there. And there, there. <laughs> Complaining. <laughs> I wasn't too sure was coming through. Hey, lads. Come on, we're on, a, we're on an interview. <laughs> My daughter. I love dogs. Yeah. I've got two here. I'll, yeah, Sam, I've whipped it in a bagel. A bagel. i got an Alsatian and uh, Jack Russell. I love you. I always wanted that. Are you in Northern Ireland or the Republic? Down south, down in Cork, Cork City. Okay. Yeah. But oh, that's I, Northern Ireland, isn't it? My ignorance. <laughs> no, yeah. Down south, yeah. I'm down very south, dude, the side of <laughs> you're south are you yeah yeah down at the, the tip of the south like yeah that's okay I, it's an area i always wanted to visit i've lots of friends living in sligo oh, okay perfect yeah another nice part of the country so i'm told yeah yeah well ireland has definitely got some magnificent countryside uh countryside that could be very good for growing cannabis but we have some ignorant policies that get in the way of that um have you read um Seed the Futures, Guy Coxall's report. I haven't actually, no. Jeez, you ought to. Yeah. It came out last week. It's a 50-page document that really lays in. There is no evidence that cannabis is harmful. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's been a fraud perpetrated on us for the last 70 to 100 years. Political, economic, and social reasons controlling I certainly won't disagree with you there either. When you look at the, the reasons going back to the guys like Anslinger and uh, some of those. Well, that's you know. 1931. He perpetuated, started the whole bloody ball rolling. There you go. And one, once it got on, like it, it was hard to, to change the way. I'll see if I can get it to you. Uh, it, it's a certain thing that brings it up, I suppose. Like, uh, no, that this has been around for so long. It brings me back to uh, something I'm aware of. Uh, when, when doctors were working within surgeries, and I can't remember the guy's name, but when he first suggested that doctors wash their hands before they go into a surgery, <laughs> he was ridiculed. He was ostracized. Like, he, he was like, uh, you know, they thought this guy was crazy. Oh, these invisible bugs living on our hands. And uh, there, there was a resistance to change. And I, I think yeah. we do that now with, with cannabis. Like, even, even though the evidence is there, it's just that we, we've thought of cannabis, like a majority of people in society have thought of cannabis as this, it's this evil thing, you know, the reefer madness, uh, like that. Well, that we've been brainwashed, indoctrinated into it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and even when you look at uh, how the figures weigh out in terms of the grants that are given to studies in cannabis, 
think it's 70% of studies into cannabis is to demonize it, is to find harms. And as you said, <laughs> it's, it's not there. It's not there at all. Well, it's partly to do with about, to do with control. Mm -hmm. You know, control the population and you've got a compliant population. Yeah. I was actually looking at a cannabis plant in my buddy's garden earlier. Uh, he's growing it out his back garden in a polytunnel, and it's a beautiful, well, lovely plant. And uh, we were talking about it. I was like, isn't it any wonder that the government want to keep this illegal? Because if, I, if we could grow plants like this out of our back garden, <laughs> and it helps with your, your neighbor who might be 50, 60 with a bit of arthritis, like, of course you're going to give it to them. And that means then that they don't have to be down at the chemist getting some of these more harmful drugs that they would prefer them to be on because... Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I've gone the route I've gone. I, I mean, my doctor would have offered me opioids. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to take them. No. My yeah. kidney complaint has kicked off from kidney stones where my kidneys were slightly damaged to the doctor giving me medicines that she should not have given me because of the damage already existing to my kidneys so that made it much worse yeah and how did that actually work for you so and um, when you started in 2018 um how did that work with your your kidney and stuff did you see any improvement or definite was... improvement it went from really poor reading to a much much better reading i was coming out of one stage and into the the improved stage i was going from moderate to um medium yeah and, and they're actually measuring something there within your kidneys isn't there's um a certain marker there that they're, they're yeah they look for creatinine they call it the egfr reading yeah that's the one so so you've seen a, a decrease in that which is an result oh, yeah i'm 28 now which is verging on needing dialysis and that's because of all of the stress and everything. yeah yeah i would say a lot of it is down to the stress. I've been under extreme stress. I may not show it, but I do suffer. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something that we, we don't talk about enough is the fact that uh, that stress, like it is the, the biggest burden on the human body, really. And I think that the biggest thing uh, to, to alleviate that stress anyway is having a person to talk about who, who can help, you know, uh, what is that uh, saying? A problem shared is a problem halved. Um, I think a lot of the times, but uh, I, I suppose when, when you have people invading your home, taking away what is your, your medicine, like it's very hard to, to alleviate that stress. Especially when you say to the policeman, that's my medicine. You, yeah. If you take it, you're going to kill me. And he says, well, it's against the law. And what you're saying is irrelevant. Yeah. That makes it doubly frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's where, where's the, the human compassion there in that? When you have one person telling you, like, straight there to your face that it, this is helping me, what you're effectively taking away is my quality of life. Like it, it's it's yep. just, I don't know, it's comparable to what the Nazis were almost doing in terms of... Well, I nearly said that to him. <laughs> I make no secret to them because when they say that they're just doing their job, I imagine that's how some of the Nazis justified what they'd done at that time is they Absolutely. were doing their job. Like, no, I was obeying orders. Yeah, at what point does, do, does the human instinct kick in and say, no, there's something wrong here. This is immoral. Um, there, there's something well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that as yeah. far as I'm concerned, what I did was the only choice I had. I wasn't offered anything to cure me because there is no cure. Yeah. 
So what was I to do but to make a decision on my own? And I did. And now I'm being punished for it. You're being punished. And, and I will already support uh, what you did and, and the way in which you went about it because currently the system and the, the politicians, the guys who are supposed to care for you are, are lacking that care because the, I know in the UK, you've had campaigners for, for a very long time campaigning for better access to cannabis medicines. It's, it's all the government's fault ultimately that you have to be a criminal growing this at your home, um, that there isn't some sort of a system where you could go and avail of this or, or you know, maybe have a license so you can grow it at home so you can sign off and say, I'm not selling this to kids. I'm not selling this on the streets. <laughs> you know, there wouldn't be a need to sell it on the streets if, if adults could just go and buy it where they, they should be able to buy it anyway. I could have bought mine off the street, but yeah. for two reasons I didn't want to. One, I didn't really want to be participating with that side of it. And two, I just didn't know the quality. Yeah. The plants I grew, I grew specifically for my oil yeah. because I processed them and took the oil out. Yeah. What, what strain were you growing? Just a I was growing King Kong. King Kong, very fitting name. <laughs> very strong. <laughs> That's exactly what you need for a battling chronic pain. Like, strong like that. It was very good. It was highly effective. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd imagine that was an indica dominant strain. So yeah, inside. Yeah, excellent. No, it's 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 great that uh, that just to get that information out there to patients too, because it's something I encourage people more and more to do is for people to grow their own because. The government's in, in action here. It's, it's just appalling, really. We're, we're going into another lockdown here in Ireland, and the last one caused the major uh, interruption in the supply of cannabis to people. And uh, that, that brought a lot of criminals actually out who, who basically took advantage of people, unfortunately. You, you talked about quality there a few minutes ago. I, I had stories here of people getting oregano. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they were, they were yeah, I'm not crazy. surprised. They were too afraid to say anything because the person giving it to them, you know, probably would have got violent with them if they were to say, hey, this is Oregano. They just took it and walked away and said nothing because they were, they're intimidable people. They were very, and they were out of their depths, I suppose, as well. Do you have compassion clubs in Ireland? We, we don't, you see. It's, uh, it's something I've been promoting as well as for more people to do this. Um, I, I definitely know that there is underground uh, growers kind of looking after people there. But there's nothing in terms of clubs. There, there is nowhere where I can point a, a finger to and say to a patient, oh, go to these guys, they'll look after you. It's very much, if you know, you know. And if you don't, yeah. you don't. Um, even I, I know one, one group that are active and I, I, I can't have any of them on because they're, they're so afraid. They're so protective. Sure, sure, I can understand. Members. And, and exactly, I understand too, you know. Amazing uh, people, I so admire them. I, I, exactly, I do too. I tip my hat to them and I uh, can't say enough about them. They, they are out there um, and you know, I, I do encourage more people to get out there and do, <laughs> do it. You know, it's, it's, I used to work in a grow shop and that's when I really had the veil lifted as to the, the network of growers out there, even just in a small city like Cork City. Um, I, to put it in perspective, like if, if Gardaí here were to go out and do a raid every day, they would be doing raids for the next five years with the number of cannabis growers just in the county of Cork. Well, I know there's three or four grows going on in my street alone here in Cornwall. Yeah, <laughs> it's really popping up. It's like weeds. They're just everywhere now. Well, yeah. 
nice weed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's good. Enough. Yeah, it ain't getting me down, but it does stress me, and I've had bad moments. Yeah. And what what are you looking at so at the moment? Uh, so you got the evidence there recently. Um, when will it be up in court? I suppose. Well, I'm going to magistrates' court sixteenth of next month. Sixteenth of next month. Sixteenth of November. Okay. And if I'm feeling strong, I'm going to plead not guilty because I believe there's mitigating circumstances. Yeah. I shall plead not guilty due to certain reasons. I did what any reasonable man would do in the same circumstances. Yeah. And that that's my my plea. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly support that as well. As we kind of indicated, it really is the government who are at fault here. Um, they, they've left you with no choice ultimately to do this. It hasn't been a secret that people wanted this for a long time. So I, I hope that plays out. Obviously, I suppose for legal reasons, you probably can't go into too much things there around the court. I'd case. rather not. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. I've I done an interview at the weekend and I have to sit in the interview until uh, a point which I can release it actually because of legal reasons too. So no, I wholeheartedly understand. I won't pry too much there. But um, obviously, if, if this was in Ireland and you got raided, you know, you would be waiting all, over a year. Even with the whole coronavirus now, it would be nearly two years before you would get your date in court. Um, in the UK, I suppose it's a bit quicker. Well, it's been, I was arrested in November mm -hmm. 2019. I was arrested again in January 2020. Yeah. Um, because as soon as they'd taken my crop, I had no choice but to do it again. So they came back a second time, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I've always been a gentleman. Yeah. Yes, I've got it. You're taking my medicine. And uh, if you want to see it, I'll show you. You know, I, I've never been aggressive or difficult with them. Yeah. I don't think it gets you anywhere. It probably would have been detrimental to my story. Yeah. And, and were you present uh, both times at those raids? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And were they, the cops were like, obviously they were taking your plants, but were they kind of courteous outside of that to you? The first time they're courteous. The second yeah. time they were disgusting. They threatened me, kick your door in at three o'clock in the morning, we'll board your house up and have you evicted under antisocial behavior orders. Well, Things like that. Like the antisocial orders, like it's just... You, That's like, something that that I'm saving for the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just threats, like, uh, that, that's just, uh, like, you're, you're police over there, they, these guys are supposed to bring security and uh, you know, a peace of mind to you that there's going to be nobody out there to actually do harm to you. But they're yeah. being used in the complete opposite. They, they actually are the perpetrators of harm against you. Just, uh, yep. and all because of prohibition. So when the first raid um, came about, how many plants did they take back then? I think it was 24. 24. They were 18 inches high. And I now know that there were no flowering heads. So it actually was still in vegging state. Okay, you hadn't flipped them to 12-12 or maybe they were just early in that stage. Yeah, I was going to switch over to flowering a couple of weeks after that. but yeah. So they went and... I thought about it for a while. I was pretty scared, but then I thought, well, what the hell do I do? If I don't have my medicine, I might as well shoot myself. Yeah, you don't. So I grew again. You don't. 
and it was pretty much the same the second time. They were 12 to 18 inches high. 26 again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you just do them pot to pot? And, uh, yeah, I don't do anything sophisticated. They're in soil in pots with uh, HPS lights. Which is understandable why you would want 26 of them then because you're, just going, you're growing mainly for the single top cola and uh, you're not... Well, good. actually, of course, I take the whole plant. Of course. Yeah. Process it and get the oil out of that. And yeah. from one plant, you don't get that much oil. No, definitely not. So I needed that much. And I had more plants coming on because I'm looking at continuity of supply of my medicine. Yeah, definitely. I'm just trying to paint the picture for people that uh, like when they hear 26 plants, uh, it's not like a, a plant that's massively overgrown, big bushy thing. They were tiny. Yeah, exactly. When, when they're plants <laughs> like that, uh, you don't give them much room for branching out. Like how many lights would, have you, would you have used for flowering? Well, the first grow, I had four. Um, 600 HPSs. Nice, okay. The second grow, I had two 800 HPSs. Yeah, so 26 plants. Like, so what's that? Jeez, uh, eight plants per light? No, that would have been. They, they they estimate 40 grams per plant, and their estimate of the value, if I'd sold it, ultimately was of three crops a year, 27,000 pounds. From three crops a year. Yeah. Is that how they estimate it? By yeah. Your ability, how much you could harvest in a year? Yeah. Okay, that's very <laughs> Yeah, I could teach them a thing or two there. <laughs> because, you know, that the British government make money out of me growing because I bought the seeds, I paid VAT. Yeah. I bought the equipment, I paid VAT. A friend has estimated that a nine-plant crop would benefit the government £240. Yeah, that's a VAT. So they're benefiting too. Yeah. No, there is massive benefits. Like uh, it'd be only great if they just let you do it legally and uh, they could really reap the benefits. Well, of course, in the UK, we ha have a, this ludicrous situation with GW Pharmaceuticals. Oh, yeah, don't let me start it. No, it's <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, the, the claim is Britain is uh, the world's largest exporter of medical cannabis at the moment. Yep. And meanwhile, we have people like yourself uh, just being dragged through the magistrate's court. Because you're such a bad criminal, don't you know? I know, I'm a terrible <laughs> man. <laughs> oh my God. So like GW Pharmaceutical, uh, I've I seen them in the media there recently. That they're making headlines because they're exporting out to, to Australia as their next uh, port of call. Um, America is their biggest market, but they're, they're based in the UK. That's, that's crazy. And uh, people like yourself have still been criminalized for uh, it. Just, uh, I, I don't know where, where to go. It's ludicrous, isn't it? Yeah, no, it, it really is. It, it's, it's madness. So when you're up on the 25th now, um, is this your first hearing? In 16th of November. Or the 16th, Jesus, my grand. <laughs> um, cool. 16th of November. So this will be our first uh, hearing uh, for these. Yeah. For the two charges they're going to be bringing you up. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know how it's going to work out because I only just discovered they're trying to tie me in for supply with my daughter's boyfriend. Yeah. So I've got to sit down with him when he's home from work later and discuss okay, and our campaign. I really don't know what's going to do. I was thinking I was on my own, but I'm not. Yeah, did he know he didn't know that he was going to be up in this at all? So, 
Well, he knew that he was going to be charged with possession, okay. but thought it was a separate charge. Well, yeah. I discovered today from the papers that it isn't. It isn't. And if you don't mind me asking, was he caught with much, his own personal amount? Oh, no, about maximum, I think, was 80 quid's worth. 80 quid's worth, that's what he was caught with. Hey, lads. He'll start my dogs off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're letting me know somebody's coming in. Uh, yep, mine do too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so he only got caught with 80 quid's worth and they're roping him in with that. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, uh, he, oh, he's, what age is he? Is he 21 as 20, well? Yeah, he's 23, something like that. My daughter's 21. And has he been criminalized before? Is he any conviction? No, he hasn't. He hasn't anything like that either. But he's prepared to plead guilty to possession and just let the whole thing yeah. disappear. But if they're going to try to do him for, for dealing, they're, they're trying to do him for dealing as well. Yeah, the pair of us. That, that's ridiculous. It's your evil little crime network going there. You're a crime family, I'd say. Like that would, <laughs> that would be the next headline. Better watch out. It'll be the machine guns next. <laughs> oh my God, like... And it, the truth is, what he and I did was entirely separate. He, he's a smoker, a recreational smoker. I, I know it. But he knew nothing about what I was doing. He knew I took oil, but didn't know that I actually produced it myself. And there is, it's impossible to tie us together because what he had and what I had are totally different. Mm. Yeah. He had dried Californian buds, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. A quick lab test or even a sniff like uh, to, the, to the connoisseurs out there. Like mm. uh, it would be easy to tell, but I suppose to the authorities, they just they just see it all as cannabis uh, and they want to do whatever they can to demonize you to drag you down because as you said there, there's money in it for them as well and um, when you go to the magistrate's court there, there's a judge getting paid you know you're creating business there for them like you see if they can prove that i supplied then they can tie me down under proceeds of crime act and take my home away and all my money and what's that in terms of a prison sentence then up to 10 years? Well, anything up to 14 years. 14 years. And, and if, what, don't mind me asking. I'll be 94. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're 80 years of age. Oh my God, like that, that's ridiculous to be dragging a man through court. Like at this, this time of your life, like surely like uh, in any other culture out there, uh, in traditionally we would be respecting people of your age because 80 years of age comes with a lot of wisdom, a lot of uh, lived experience. And obviously you said you, you've worked with cannabis before. <laughs> we should be listening to people like yourself, not criminalizing them. Like when I've I'm actually been quite a reasonable human being. 20 years of my life was spent developing farms in the third world, Africa and the Pacific, for kids to have better food. So th there you go, like uh, a humanitarian in your work, uh, doing things out there to help people. And again, I, I'm sure with your cannabis, had you been allowed, you, you probably would have took a couple of other patients under your care. Oh, I'm sure I would. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not to line your pockets, but just to, again, know that you're helping another human being, uh, much in line with what you were doing in World War countries, setting up the farms. It was a lovely job. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Where did that bring you to? So, well, I worked in Africa for seven years and the Pacific, primarily Papua New Guinea. Okay, very nice. <laughs> well travelled. <laughs> yeah, I've been all over the world. 
So you got to try some of the cannabis and uh, the culture there too. Um, Papua New Guinea gold, amazing stuff. <laughs> uh, Beautiful that, stuff. Was it hard to find now? Oh no. When I left one time, some friends brought me an 80 kilo bag full of it. Here, Tony, take it away free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, quite ridiculous over there. It is ludicrous. It's so silly. Yeah. It's out of date. It's unjust. We need a complete review of what is going on with people. Yeah. And I mean, a humanitarian approach. Going forward for yourself, uh, I, I know the community by and large has supported you. I, I kind of see uh, your, your poster being shared around the place there. There's definitely more than uh, enough support there uh, on the online world. But um, in reality, uh, what, what kind of support is there for you in terms of um, legal support and everything? Is Are you being looked after there? Is there has the I've had a few donations to help me get a private medical prescription. Okay. And, and which... I'm now a part of. Okay. I have a medical prescription now. Brilliant. That's good there. So that'll only support your uh, case, actually. So. Yeah. Brilliant. That's good. Um, but as to support, yeah. I'm blown away by it. Thousands of people are behind me. I can turn around and just sort of help. Yeah. Somebody's there. <laughs> Great. No, that, I think the, the it's, it's lovely. I think even outside of that, uh, stories like your own, that's uh, getting the, the, the non-initiated to the cannabis community, it's, it's opening their eyes to it and to what's being kept behind the veil, really, um, by the propagandists out there who would lead people to believe that there's, there's nothing to see here. Cannabis is evil. There's no medical benefits. Schedule one, guys. <laughs> no, but do you not think that there's a hidden agenda in here? I do. I definitely do. And when, when you look outside of just cannabis and you look at things like, say, psilocybin mushrooms and what's coming out there and the therapies that are being opened up uh, by people just pushing the envelope to, to look beyond prohibition and say, hey, guys, there's something here. Um, there definitely is a, a bit of a hidden agenda that some of the better plants out there are being kept behind this barrier of prohibition, this kind of the war on drugs is capturing them. I think it's for control and giving the pharmaceuticals company time to get some decent patents out. Yeah. And then they can swamp the market with the synthetic stuff, which, in my opinion, is not a whole plant medicine and will not be successful. Yeah, yeah I'd agree with you there. You have the issue in the UK coming soon with the whole Novel Food Act. Even though I thought with Brexit that would have sorted it out for you that you would have had your own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brexit's another subject as well. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was an issue there with uh, CBDs and the whole Novel Food Act. And, uh, it's because they want to control it. Yeah, ex ex they want to control it. And make it. money out of it. Yeah, and make money, yeah. Because, uh, again, like as we talk, GW, they can grow all the CBD they want, but you can't even grow CBD if you want it, uh, a CBD variety because it is cannabis. And you're still... Yeah. So, yes, I've been guilty of cultivation of cannabis. Yeah. And I accept that, but I did it for a non-selfish, non-financial reason. Yeah. Uh, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. I, I don't know if you've seen it actually recently. I uh, I staged a protest here in Cork City 
I took a, a little cannabis plant that was donated to me by a, a very kind cannabis grower. And uh, I went down to our city hall and I planted it in the garden. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as a, as a little forecast. A little civil disobedience, just to highlight that there, there's a real need to, to address this. As I say, we're going back into a lockdown here and off licenses have been deemed an essential service. So you can go get alcohol, it's an essential service. But still people have been criminalized for their cannabis use and that's not being deemed as an essential service. There was actually a guy caught in a bus recently traveling between uh, Limerick and Cork here and uh, the, the guards intercepted the bus at a checkpoint. So we've checkpoints now being set up all around the country to make sure you're staying within your county. Um, you're, you're, you're respecting the guidelines that they have because of this whole virus. So what's that if it isn't control? Exactly. Here we go. <laughs> Under the guise of control to make sure you're, you're respecting the guidelines. It, well, it, yeah, you know, it, it's for the good of the community. It's yeah. for all of us and to save our health service and all that stuff. There we go. And, and in doing that, then they, they smelt a bit of cannabis and some poor fella on the bus coming home after probably stocking up for the lockdown. Uh, <laughs> get his cannabis nicked off him. But, but there's other stories as well with Gardy calling to doors of uh, students' homes here in areas that are kind of known to be students' areas. <laughs> and, uh, they're smelling cannabis. And uh, again, they're going beyond what they were actually going out to do, making sure people are following one set of guidelines and they're finding out, oh no, we can criminalize you for cannabis. So uh, they're coming down hard enough. So it's trying times, definitely. But I'll, I'll be paying close attention to your, um, to your case. Is, is there anything um, you want to get out there uh, to, uh, to the people? Any kind of a uh, point? Is, are you still looking? Are you still fundraising actually for your... Uh, I haven't actually started a fundraiser yet. The, no, um, have just done it for you. Yep, I've had donations come through the post. Well done to those people. Well done. I'm going to have to start a fundraiser because I'm going to need to keep this on going. And it's in hand. It's just, yeah. I haven't got time. And the friend who's helping me, he's ill. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, it's, it's a very good argument to be made in the court that the reason why you were growing, like, and, and I hope I'm not putting my foot in the hair for you, but like, it just shows that what your, your prescription, it's unsustainable you're relying on the donations of others out there, but that's an unsustainable model. Of course you're going to grow. Of course it is. Of course. So, um, I'm a pensioner on an old age pension, which is pretty lousy in the UK. Yeah. And as I say, you have a lot of wisdom there. You've, that you need to be listened to and not locked up behind bloody bars for crying out loud. I could say a lot of more colourful things there, but yeah, for crying out loud, that's where I leave it. <laughs> you mentioned Brexit. And yeah. Brexit is causing this country to shit on its neighbours, like Ireland, northern and southern. Yeah. We're, we're behaving despicably. Yeah, there's been a bit of backtracking on, uh, on agreements that were made there between uh, Ireland and uh, the UK. But it's all part and parcel of the control. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a grasp for control there at the moment. And uh, government seem to be getting it uh, in Ireland anyway. Well, it's definitely in the UK. Yeah. But I'm not a, a nationalist in any way. I'm an internationalist. My beliefs are human beings, humanitarian. I'm not interested in a guy's colour or his religion. I don't have religion myself. I'm a humanist. I believe in loving everybody till they prove themselves otherwise. 
Yeah, I think it's something that we all need to see, like that it is one planet, like we all do share it, that if, uh, if you shit in the ocean and one side of the planet like that, there's a very good chance that there's going to be a piece of Well, that. I have shit in you. Actually, <laughs> figuratively, island in the Pacific. <laughs> actually dumped in the ocean. I definitely peed in the ocean. <laughs> I'm a I'm a fairly basic, down to earth human being. Yeah, I love life. I love it, and I, I, what I see, what I feel, is that society is trying to take my life. No, I, I totally respect what you're doing, and I think it's a, it is a real shame what uh, the, the guys in power are, are making society do to people like yourself. I, I think that uh, the, the more people get to hear your story, uh, the, the more support you, you'll get because the actual human beings out there um, who, who have a heart and compassion within them, um, it'd be very hard for them not to support uh, your cause and your case um, and people out there like you too. Who haven't been caught you know there, there's so many people out there who are being forced to break this law who haven't been caught and they spend their whole time in fear they do and that fear causes stress which only exacerbates their, their underlying conditions then i've got many friends who live their lives worrying about a knock on the door or the door being kicked in yeah yeah and they're doing no more than growing their own medicine I think it's something that we, it's a leaf of, uh, from the book of the, the gay community that uh, the cannabis community kind of have to take in terms of uh, a big over, overcoming was within the gay community was the coming out of the closet that uh, just the, the openness of being gay like that. That's what really helped the gay community. But it's something that it's, it's a major barrier for our community because jobs, like I, I have my podcast here that I, I've been doing now for quite a while and you would be, just gobsmacked with the amount of messages I get with people saying, oh, I love your video, but I can't like this. I can't share it because my boss might see it and I might lose my job. And That's terrifying. It is because we live in a democracy. And what does it say about a democracy when you have so many people living in fear of just sharing their opinion, of even just liking something on Facebook? Like it really goes to show what kind of a broken democracy we have in, in not only Ireland, but the UK too. Uh, and it, it's it's kind of a it is a reflection of why these laws are still in place. So I think uh, the cannabis community really need to come out of the closet. Um, more the people who use it for what they call the recreational reasons. I hate that term, but those those healthy bodied people out there, and um, we really need to step it up because uh, people like yourself uh, who need it for medical reasons, like you know, like you're sick, you're dying, die large. Uh, so we really need to step it up and support you. <laughs> yeah no uh, so, sorry there but uh yeah i suppose that's all right I, I'm, I'm gonna have to run because i have to get uh kids to um some uh extracurricular activities here they're doing acrobatics. okay well then all i want to say is as far as i'm concerned what i would like to see is all the cannabis communities all coming together with one voice there's too much do this, do that dissension around the world. We need to get together to fight. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. I think that's a great way to end this. We really Thanks, Martin. Nice and uh, great to meet you. Uh, Anthony, it's, it's been an absolute <laughs> Honestly, bit yeah. of a shock for you to meet me. 
<laughs> and you know what? If, if it was allowed, I would love to be over there outside of the court uh, next month to actually be there in person to support. I think them. there'll be quite a few. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think uh, people should show their support in whatever way possible. I don't know if you're going into lockdowns and things like this where people can't Well, travel. I live in Cornwall and we're outside the major lockdown area. We've got a very small percentage of uh, infections. And I'm not sure I totally believe all of that either. Yeah, well, I think anybody who can get down there and show their support that they should and online and everywhere else where they can show their support uh, they should continue doing that and anybody else out there like you. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Get the kids to their extracurricular. Indeed. Thanks so much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, good boys to the dogs. They managed to stay quiet afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and mine too. Yeah. Take but, care, uh, Martin. We'll follow up with you after the case as well. So uh, yep. keep the loop and uh, the people out there too. Give me a shout anytime. Brilliant. Thanks very much again. Enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. Good night. Right. Bye. Bye. And there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview there with myself and Tony. I will follow back up with Tony on the 16th of November once his case is heard in the magistrate's court there in the UK. Fingers crossed, you know, and offering up prayers and all sorts of hope that uh, it will be a positive outcome for Tony and that they'll, they'll see sense in his argument that he was doing this for medical necessity because of, of those ignorant... Yeah, those ignorant people out there in government who have refused to give patients effective access to cannabis and a lot of them are, are forced to break the law, buy it from criminals or grow it themselves and then, you know, they, they end up in court. So I will pay close attention there and I look forward to having another conversation with Tony in the future. So I hope it will be a positive outcome. So uh, I hope you enjoy that, guys. And uh, before I go, I just want to remind you again that if you'd like to support the show, if you'd like to support activism for cannabis legalization in Ireland, you can do so by subscribing to the Patreon at Martin, Mar or patreon.com forward slash Martin's World. Or you can also donate bitcoins through martinsworld.ie. Um, there will be a little button up there. And so, guys, that's it. Keep it lit. Stay blessed. Peace.